0: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And this week we're going to have another discussion about artificial intelligence, but in a different way. We're really going to apply it to... A specific use case, something really exciting that that's happening in a world that um, involves the Internet of Things and um, autonomous vehicles and all these different trends coming together. So we have the fabulous Kay Aiken, who's the um, CEO of a company called Introspective Systems. Let's have a big hand for Kay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kay, welcome to the Tech Cat Show. Um, tell us all about uh, what you're doing at Introspective Systems, and we're going to have a really fun conversation um, about uh, the Internet of Things and the electrical grid, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. And I don't want us to forget about the uh, women en- women's engineering event that's happening, too, um, w- which we can talk about at the end of the day, but that's also really exciting. So, so tell
2: us all about what you're up to. Um, so, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation as well. So, um, it, so we started Introspect Assistance. My co founder is a former Caltech uh, PhD. She got her PhD from Caltech, Dr. Carol Johnson, and she's been in, working in this field um, for Uh, 30 years, she actually, in a way, built the first Internet of Things application, which was in Los Angeles in Southern California's Seismic Network back in the early 80s. Um, And we're applying some of those lessons to uh, the electrical grid now and a lot of other complex systems. Um, We we like to look at the Internet of Things as an ecosystem, um, and we take kind of um lessons from natural ecosystems and apply them to computer systems
1: interesting
2: um and electrical grid like i said is one of one of our examples um so um well i'll let you ask questions
1: <laughs> <laughs> well so i know that you call it you call sort of your approach, or maybe it's the system you use, the the XGraph, and that and that's how you approach all this. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that.
2: So XGraph is a framework for applying distributed intelligence. So the Internet of Things is ultimately um, the ability to have sensors and actuators, so con- and control systems that can work autonomously. Um, your iPhone is a distributed computing device. And eventually, all of those computing devices are going to connect together in this math ecosystem. And what x is, the ability to manage and control those systems at any scale. It could be inside a house all the way to the entire electrical grid. Um, so... XGraph is what we call an executable graph framework. Um, we actually have a patent on it, and we actually were blocking Oracle for about eighteen months before Oracle finally gave up, um, <laughs> and we got the patent. Oh, that's um, so cool! Year. You went after um, the big guys. We went after the big. Well, not on purpose. They 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 applied for a patent that was similar to ours about. Uh, three or four weeks after us and we had priority on them and they kept change, trying to change their claims to go around us and then finally gave up. Wow, um, which that's is
1: pretty so cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really cool. Uh, and I know that, so there are a lot of different um, use cases for xgraph and how this is applying to our world. In particular, today we're going to talk about the electrical grid and then how that's impacting vehicles. So so tell us a little bit, maybe define the electrical grid for us because we've we hear it, but I don't think people really know what it is.
2: Well, the electrical grid, some people will say it's the most complex and largest machine in the world. It is a whole pile of individual systems trying to work together to keep the lights on. Electrons from either a solar array, a wind generator, or a, a fossil fuel plant can have to be used when they are made. You can't store them unless you have a lot of energy storage, but that's, that's new technology, and that's coming. That's coming. Um, but basically, it's an on-demand, use it, make it, and use it. And that's what keeps the lights on. So it's a, an amazingly balanced system. And what we're doing now is with the amount of renewables we have on the grid, and I think um, I think Hawaii is a little bit ahead of California, but not much, uh, with the amount of renewables there are, the system is getting more and more complex to control. So that's the area that the problem we're trying to solve by building distributed intelligence, AI, throughout the entire grid all the way from inside your home so the consumer can manage it to the entire grid um, at large
1: is this is this grid um, you know because I because I almost think about it like um, when you're doing bumper cars and it's the thing that the end of the bumper car is attached to um, is it, you know that's like the literal interpretation of it, but, you know, I understand it's, it's much more than that, but is it global um, so that it's a, across the entire world or when we talk about it and we're in the U S are we only talking about something that takes care of the U S
2: um, they are regionalized. So America and Canada are connected. Mexico to a small extent is included in that. So we have some lines that cross the border into Mexico and, um, South America is fairly separated. each country is separated with their own grid. Europe is one very large grid that's interconnected um, and Africa is you know it's it's where the United States was probably back in the early nineteen hundreds with Diesel power, local systems—they are not interconnected. So it varies all across the world. We do not have a one-world grid, um, mainly because it's hard to transport electricity. Tr- electricity is a commodity that doesn't doesn't um, travel well. <laughs> it's like the uh, salesman on a on a with a rumpled suit. It doesn't it doesn't travel very well.
1: So, right, so you have to like you have to it has to be used where it is.
2: It has to be used where it is. Um, and
1: when you, and when you say uh, Hawaii and then California um, is you know um, doing the renewable piece, that that's when we bank energy from solar or something and we send it to the grid and then we
2: get we get uh, deductions off of our bill. Yeah, that's called net metering, um, and there's a lot of controversy about that right now. Um, the cons- the um, consumers love it because what you're doing is if you buy electricity at night when the sun isn't shining, it might cost you 14 $0.15 cents a kilowatt. And uh, when you make it during the day, you sell it for the same amount. So it's a direct offset on your bill. The problem with it is, and California is finding this problem, is number one, it kind of breaks the business model for the utilities because the utilities have to maintain the all the lines, et cetera, et cetera. So if if you can think about it this way, if everybody had a solar array on their house, which, by the way, California is mandating starting in another year or two,
1: no kidding. That's so cool. But who's going to they, pay for it? Does the consumer have to pay
2: for it? Every new house built in, a, in California will have to have a solar array that produces, um, I, love I it. believe, 100% of, of their power consumption.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: It is, except it makes the system very hard to, to control. There's something called the duck curve in, in the electrical industry. And Did California, you say the duck? Duck? D-U-C-K-Duck? Duck duck? Because if you okay. look at it as a graph over 24 hours, it looks like the back of a duck. Gotcha. And what happens is because solar happens between uh, noon and 4 or 5 in the afternoon, the actual load on the system is very depressed. So, because there's so much production being made. And then at Five o'clock, when the sun starts to set, there's this huge load because people come home from work. And so there's this, this, this big ramp. This, this is the back of the, and I, I wish I could draw it, um, but we're on radio. Um, there's this <laughs> ramp, um, which is the back of the duck. And then that stays really, really high for a couple of hours. And then it drops off, and that's the duck bill. And this has completely radically changed how um, the utility industry is 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 needing to cope with this and and one of the ways they're doing this is with energy storage. so we're talking about battery systems, but battery systems are still relatively expensive, maybe not even relatively very expensive. Um, what we're doing is we're approaching the problem through Uh, what what we call active demand management, or the ability for the devices in our houses and in our buildings to decide on their own when they want to use power. So if the price is very, very high, you don't do laundry. Your heating system will say, hey, Lori's not home right now. I'm going to let the set point in my house go up because I know Lori's coming back at seven o'clock at night tonight. So I will cool off the house at six when the price goes down. Yeah, uh, I love
1: that. I love that that idea of of it making intelligent decisions.
2: Right. So what we're doing is providing using X graph, it's actually a form of X graph because there's certain um, security issues in the electrical grid. Um, that require a certain architecture, computer architecture, that is. So we allow intelligence to sit everywhere. And those things actually work together like an ecosystem to better manage electrical grid and manage load and supply.
0: So if you have a battery...
2: Yeah. If you have a battery uh, in your house, say a Tesla Powerwall, um, it will give up power at 5 and 6 p.m., actually suck it up when the price is cheap at 3 in the afternoon when the solar is, run, is, is, so is out. so smart.
1: So when is that kind of thing, though, going to be something that everybody is using? Right now, is it just for early adopters and people who can afford to make the changes to their home?
2: Um, it, it, there's a combination of places. We're actually approaching it in, in multiple ways. We're talking to utilities, but we're also producing microgrids. Um, so we have a project that's going in this summer and also some projects in Israel. The project in, um, in Maine right now is a microgrid on an island of, in the winter, about 45 people. In the summer, about 300 and they're putting in this small utility. So a microgrid is a group of loads and generation that can, what they call, island. So it can break off from the, from the main electrical grid and uh, control itself and be completely self-sufficient. Um, well, and we're, we're um, deploying these control systems um, in, that, in that electrical grid. So it has a solar array of about 300 kilowatts, which is about two acres of solar array. Um, it has a small diesel generator that will run maybe 5 or 6 percent of the time. And it has, a, ultimately, it has a one megawatt energy storage system, which actually in itself is also very innovative because it's actually a super capacitor made by a company in New York City, Called Kilowatt Labs, which is the first commercial grid-scale um, supercapacitor used in the grid, um, and we can talk about that too.
1: But well, I um, I, I love how um, this there's like a, this, this is like a little on the nerdy side, but it's also really exciting because it makes so much sense that mm-hmm. that all of this will be sort of operationalized to be smarter. Um, it's so operational
2: that operational be smarter. Yeah. But what's really yeah. interesting about that Idaho project is we are actually offsetting space heating. And and this is Maine. So this is cold.
1: Right, <laughs> <up> right. <there. laughs>
2: and yeah. this 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 um island which is 7 miles off of the coast of Maine is Very few people in the the winter, but a lot of people in the the summer. So it needs a lot of power in the summer, but it needs very little in the winter. So if you design for the summer, you have this huge solar array that's producing tons and tons of power. And there's no place for it to go. So we're actually using it to use use air-to-water heat pumps to produce thermal energy, Store it in 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 hot water, and actually heat buildings on the island. So we're actually eliminating fossil fuels not only from the electricity grid but also from the space heating portion of the uh, island.
1: Wow, um, it's just so it's so interesting to think about. Like uh, you know, gets me excited about um, human beings when we're coming up with um, really smart things like this.
2: <laughs> now, um, we, we like- Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we we we, we like to call this uh, an ecosystem. We, we we make what are called computational ecosystems, and we 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 take a lot of lessons from how the environment works to design these systems. So these are all independent systems that work together and collaborate to perform their their function, and that's AI drives all of it.
1: God, that's so cool. Well, we're going to take um, a little break now, Kay. um, And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how the grid is going to be um, impacting um, the uh, autonomous vehicles and the automobile industry, and then also Mm -hmm. how it's going to impact consumers. And it's really going to, uh, I think – shift um, a lot of the world that we know when this all really hits so um, we'll be back with Kay Akin chief executive officer of introspective systems digging deeper into autonomous artificial intelligence as it reimagines the electrical grid really uh, exciting uh, mind-bending stuff we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Catch Show
0: From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization... Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, you shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv.
1: Hi, everybody, and we're back. We've been talking with Kay Akin, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Introspective Systems, and we've been talking about the electrical grid. And, um, and their company, um, the company Introspective Systems, which is creating solutions to, uh, to basically make this thing work. Um, so, um, Kay, tell us a little bit about who your clients are in this world because you're doing all these interesting things. So who, who's, actually, who's actually coming to you to, to solve all of this?
2: So um, the, the research was actually uh, sponsored by the Department of Energy. So they have um, they have this whole it's called the Gridwise Alliance that they fund, and it's the Grid Modernization Initiative. And the, the Department of Energy is the forward leaning, um, um, uh, you know, is forward leaning on how are we going to um, get. 60%, 70 80 percent renewables into the electrical grid and, and and they create a lot of problems so the research has been paid for by Department of Energy so that's that's our uh, main customer right now um, but what they want to do is be able to commercialize it they want us to commercialize it so our first customers are actually um, this year that Idaho project that I was talking about in Maine is our first commercial customer um, and it's... Um, the project itself is around 1.5 million dollars. Our portion of it is is, is around 100 thousand um, dollars, but um, those are a type of customers. So we have customers all the way from a small community up into the utility. We're also talking to major utilities, both. Um, in the east and, and the west, um, including in Montana, we're talking to uh, utilities in Vermont and in, um, in the Boston area, so all over the country, and also we have work in uh, Israel coming up this summer, uh, this, this fall actually.
1: Yeah, that that kind of makes sense whenever you hear about technology or or future thinking that you would hear hear about Israel. So one of the things that we were going to focus on was um, autonomous vehicles and how the grid that you've been talking about is going to impact the development of that. And certainly we've been hearing about autonomous vehicles, um, hearing about all the different tests. Um, watching a lot of science fiction movies um, that that show a world where all this is happening. So tell us about how what you're doing is going to I- impact um, the automobile industry.
2: Well, it's actually the the opposite way. Is the automobile industry and the EV industry is actually going to impact the electrical grid. So oh, interesting. So the the there there is this huge. Um, battery in every single electrical vehicle. And as we get more and more penetration, we'll need controls to use those to advantage. So I imagine business models of imagine a parking garage in downtown L.A., assuming you can drive into downtown L.A., um, that provides you with free charging. But during the time you are parked and you're at your office, they're using the battery to provide grid services to the electrical grid. And you get free parking. They get to use your battery. And they, all you they have to do is make sure that your battery is full enough so you can get home. And they know that the the, the parking garage knows how, um, how far you have to go. Um, so each person wins. The consumer wins. You get free parking. The parking garage wins because they're selling electric grid services, and the utility wins because they don't have to build grid-scale batteries. They can use all these cars. So those are the kind of things that what our control network is working on will be able to um, uh, enable and optimize. Huh? Uh, um, and when when...
1: How will, I guess, then con- this impact consumers? I mean, are we going to start to understand, you know, because pr- new products are being sold to us, new business models? I mean, will I have my own autonomous vehicle car, or will it be like in some of the discussions where you just buy a pass, you know, somehow? I mean, are you looking at the business models of this too, or is that not really your concern? Well,
2: no, it is. We, I mean, Business business development is all about um seeing trends of where things are going. So me, I see trends of more and more different business models in the autonomous uh um uh, world. So I can imagine selling to Uber E V fleets, okay? So someday Uber is going to have, you know, let's let's say they they have this whole green um EV car service, let's say, okay? And maybe they want to promote that. So I would be contracting with Uber to manage, help manage that fleet so that they can get money both from uh, getting people from place to place, but also being able to use the batteries in that, that car fleet to support the grid at the same time. So huh. those are places where we all... We, these trends all work together. It's It's an ecosystem. So... We think an ecosystem. So we, we look at nature and see all of these moving parts as one big mosaic of the world, and, and we try to learn from that.
1: Uh, so it's so, um, so interesting. So are you having uh, startups and other types of company come to you to work with you or to get gain the insights that you have because you're doing what you're doing?
2: Um, certainly it's, it's, we're getting a lot of traction. We are a startup ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually 10 people. I'm hiring two more in the next two weeks. Um, so we are still very, very small. Um, but I do talk about this in, um, in multiple places. Next week I'll be in San Diego, uh, speaking on uh, distributed automation and financing of microgrids. Um, in, two weeks, I'll be at um, the IEEE, which is the uh, International Electronic and um, Electrical Engineers um, Women in Engineering Leadership Conference. So, that's where I'm talking about AI and the electrical grid. So, I continue to speak, and we do get a lot of people calling in and saying, tell us more. I mean, we have... um, factories coming in and saying, how can I lower my electric bill? And, you know, this is one way for us to optimize how they use energy. Um, and the key is is all of the above. I know many call all of the above is uh, fossil fuels plus whatever else. In my mind, it's renewable uh, power and um, devices and edge devices and how they use power energy efficiency all of those things that's all of the above in my mind
1: Hi, it's so so interesting so let's uh, let's uh, take a break on this part of the conversation and just uh, bounce over just because you mentioned it to the women's engineering conference um, because you know there's always all this talk about we don't have enough women engineers um, in this country. How do we get girls more interested in science and all of these things? So tell us about this conference that you're attending, because that, that's really interesting. You don't often hear all those words together.
2: <laughs> no, there's not enough. I, I, I really try to get as many women. I mean, we're a women-owned company, my co-founder and I, and um, it, it's hard to find women engineers, And you know, this is part of my outreach is to excite people. And the in Austin, I'm speaking at the Women in Engineering, um, which is a part of the IEEE um, Leadership Conference. And I'm just I'm in awe that I'm getting to speak because there's 31 other unbelievably phenomenal women engineers who are going to be talking about things from genetics to what I'm doing in electrical engineering to all over the place. I mean, women from Google, and I'm just, I'm in awe that I'm I'm there.
1: (laughs) And um, we've had other speakers from the eye of triple E before. Can you tell us about them?
2: So IEEE is the largest, certainly the largest uh, engineering society in the world. Um, there, I think there's like 250,000 members, and it's mainly electrical and electronics engineers, though it's open to any type of engineer. And basically it's, you know, they put out all of the journals, they have, uh, if you write a paper, you write an IEEE paper, it gets Published um, and it's it's a wonderful organization for learning and promotion of this, of the um, industry and women in engineering is the component of women engineers and we're unfortunately a smaller portion of the group <laughs> um, that we we're we're trying to get more young women. In the engineering fields, because we have, I think we have so much to offer. Um, women look at the world a different way, in my mind, and um, we look at it in a more holistic way, a more collaborative way, and I think that's a valuable way to think about engineering.
1: Yeah, I, um, I just love hearing those words together. What, what do you think it will take in our country? And this is sort of a big question, but what, we, what do you think it will take to, to, to get more, more women engaged? And is, is it STEM programs? Um, is it seeing more women as engineers and scientists in movies and TV? Like, how do we move the needle here, um, you know, getting more women involved?
2: I think it successes. it's successes. It's seeing women astronauts. It's seeing women entrepreneurs. Um, it's about uh, seeing women role model models teaching in college, um, teaching in high school. Um, it, it, it's a very complex, and we talk about a complex system. Well, we deal with complex systems, um, but the social dynamics of how do we get more women into the STEM field is maybe a little beyond even me. <laughs> um, it's um, it's all of the above. Um, you know, and, and like women entrepreneurs, I mean, I, I just had a clear, um, I went, we're raising more money. We're, 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 I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always raising more money for the company. And I went to a women's... Um, entrepreneurial group um, angel fund that funds startups and I gave a great presentation and they said I gave a great presentation they were unbelievably well prepared and they asked really good probing questions and the reply back was well we don't think we can fund you because we don't know anything about your area and you know that is really really hard because if women won't invest in other women Who's going to invest in us?
1: Right, right. And would do you think they would have the same approach if it had been men who were presenting or, or it really was just, you know, they were being truthful and not not extending themselves because you were female?
2: Um, I think it would have made a difference because when a man gives a presentation i get i get this when i when i speak to a man, to a, a men's investment group yeah, yeah. It's, well, how do you know about this yes and I think boy do i <laughs> we're <a> cultural animals <laughs> yeah and we grew up in this world so you know I won't say it's misogynist, but I think we all are to a certain extent. Well, I don't really understand that, so maybe she doesn't understand it either. Right, um, it's a shame. I don't. I don't like saying that, but I believe it's probably a fact. And there's yeah, not enough yeah. women. There's not enough women investors. I mean, I think it's women VC partners is like eight percent of VC partners. Right, and. VC investment is a pattern matching game. I invested in the 22-year-old uh, kid out of Stanford. And when the next 22-year-old kid out of Stanford comes along, well, it worked last time. I'll do it this time. It doesn't really matter what the idea is. It's I'm pattern matching. And there's right. not enough patterns to match for women investors. Right, right. Right.
1: I mean, it certainly, um, c- it comes up in conversation with a, a lot of my female colleagues, the things that get said to us in pitch meetings and in proposals or whenever we're in situations where we're, you know, uh, asking, pitching, doing something like that, that the uh, the openness of the people listening is not, it seems a little different. It seems a little skewed, um, you know, even if you're making sense and you're, you're, what you're pitching is, is is on on par with with what should get funded, you know, and so you, you just pick up and keep going but it is it
2: is amazing sometimes um well i I think you've probably had this situation where you're in a boardroom and and you or or another woman says something and Two minutes later, the man goes and says the same thing. The, the wimp. They say, "Well, no, 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 that won't work." God, and two minutes the later, the man goes and says the same thing. And they go, "Oh, great idea!" <sighs> oh my god, that's my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, we're not we're not putting down the men in the room either. It's just a cultural phenomena that needs to to be changed. But you know. Um, what I love right now, that's happening. I have a nine-year-old girl, and um, she's playing with a lot of STEM toys and a lot of robotic things because those are all the toys right now. Um, and I think that's great because that gets her thinking in that direction, um, you know. And then all these great movies right now that have, uh, you know, the female superheroes and and all the great characters, like that fantastic scene. And the Avengers at the end, uh, I don't know if you saw it yet, but the uh, yeah, Avengers yeah. movie. Did you go?
2: Nope. No, oh, I haven't have... seen it yet. So uh, go go right. well, don't, I don't, don't worry about spoilers.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if you have time because you're kind of changing the world and everything. But, <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's a fantastic scene where all the female Avengers, uh, at the, you know, it's like a last moment thing. And they all are in, in a row and they, they help, you know, uh, get the bad guy. Um, and, and it's just so, so powerful, and I get so excited for my daughter about stuff like that because that's the stuff that goes into her head and really cements that she can do anything, go after anything, um, you know. So while you are changing the world, other people are coming up, and they're more willing to, to, to do the
2: same. I want you know? to say, though, the pressure gets harder and harder. So I have an 18-year-old daughter. She's currently studying economics at the University of Maryland. And she was the absolute best, best math student until she was 14 or 15. And you, you, she did not put the effort in between 15, 16, and 17. She could have easily been an engineer. She could have done anything in the STEM fields. Not that economics is not tough. But it's much more of a social um, enterprise. Yeah, yeah. So she ended up in the economics. So right, right. I think the the social upbringing gets harder and harder as they get become teenagers.
1: Right. You can't get, get over that hump. Um, we have to take another break. We'll, we'll continue on this conversation because it really is so so interesting and swing back to, to uh, what you're doing with the electrical grid. So we'll be back in a moment with Kay Akin, who's the CEO of Introspective Systems, um, a strong female engineer powering the future of the electrical grid.
0: from strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
2: on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back with Kay Aiken, whose name, of course,
1: I botch like I do every week. Um, <laughs> so it means she's part of the Tech Hack Club. Um, who is CEO of Introspective Systems. Um, And we were talking a little bit about the challenges about um, being female and an engineer and and, uh, how do we sort of ignite that um, for for young women um, coming up. Um, I wanted to bounce back to to what you're doing, Kay, again about the electrical gig because it's so fascinating and what's going to happen with with, uh, automobiles. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how this will actually work.
2: So um, one of the, there's, there's a lot of trends in, in what's happened to the electrical grid, and those include because we are putting so many renewables and, and solar is variable, it, it, it shines between noon and, and five pm. Um, wind is up and down all over the day we need whole new types of control systems. And and what it means is we need holistic solutions that aren't centralized. So what what our system is, is what we would call a computational ecosystem or distributed intelligence. So we are distributing intelligence in everything. So it could be inside your house, so your heat pump has a intelligent system. Your dishwasher, your refrigerator, LG already has the controls um, in their refrigerators to take control signals from the grid and decide when to turn on and when to turn off um, to, throughout the grid. So one of the things that we realized when we started with the Department of Energy is as we get more and more of these devices on the grid, there's a huge cybersecurity risk and we had to design an architecture, a grid architecture, that respected the fact that we're going to have lots of IoT devices all interconnected, and how do we um, manage those things without creating uh, a cybersecurity risk? So what we did is we designed um, a grid architecture that prices electricity based upon local needs, so if I'm a house, I have a what's called a gateway that reprices uh, electricity inside the house based upon scarcity or um, abundance of power. So if I have a solar array, the price will go down in my house, and my devices in the house will go and say, "Oh, I'm going to suck up the the solar electricity where when it's cheaper," and that works on multiple layers. So. In an electrical grid, we might have 20, 15, 20, 30 different layers all built up on top of itself. So you might have your house, and then four or five houses will work together, and then those four or five houses will work together with four or five other houses, and will basically self-balance. And this is done in the same way that an ecosystem works. The Every single animal in the ecosystem has its own intelligence so why not place that intelligence out in the out in the in, in the electrical grid too and and it, it basically because of complexity they self regulate themselves so huh. it's a really really elegant way to solve the problem of the variation in renewables
1: so one of the um, other conversations I, I had with colleagues at the IEEE was with I, um, I think it was I want to say uh, John Hagen. I can't remember his name right now, but we talked about ethics in AI, and because um, there's so many fears about um, you know killer robots and <laughs> and you know these things taking over if we give them too much control. So is that at all a topic that comes up in your world the, the ethics question of if we do give control to these AI systems?
2: Um it did come up. Um one of the one of the jokes in our company is um to be fearful when uh, we know we've done something wrong when Arnold Schwarzenegger breaks through the wall
1: and right, tries to kill right.
2: us. All right? That's not going to happen. I I I I will disagree with Elon Musk. A general intelligence is not happening anytime. We're using AI in very, very localized, application-specific things. So we're using AI to drive a car. That AI isn't going to jump out of the car and go into something else. Um, our grid architecture and, our, and the controls in it are designed for the grid. They are optimized for the grid. They're not a general intelligence. And in my opinion, general intelligence is not going to happen for 10s, 20s, 50s, hundreds of years from now, if ever. Because so the systems using,
1: are, are so independent? Is that why? Um, like, why Why shouldn't we be afraid of that?
2: Um, I, I think the... The problem of building general intelligence, okay, an intelligence that is self-aware, so that that the key is, is it self-aware? In other words, is it a human being? You know, think of data in Star Trek. I know you're a Star Trek fan. So we can think of data, data was self-aware. He knew his limitations. He knew to build that, I think, is, is beyond the capability of humans for quite a long time. But in the meantime, we can do so much with AI. We can remake how we build our electrical grid. We can remake how we use renewable energy. We can remake our transportation systems. We can remake cities by making them smart. We can remake healthcare by, by using the power of data to, to understand about disease uh, do, you know, uh, mass genetic testing so we can, we can pinpoint um, drugs that work for individual people. Um, so, I mean, I think there's so much promise that we shouldn't, you know, try to be so worried that we're going to have this run away um, because I think we're a long ways from it. That's just my personal opinion. I'm sure Elon Musk will disagree with me.
1: Well, it's comforting to hear um, because I think AI plus human has so many great, you know, possibilities like you were saying, and there are so many topics and business areas that are, are going to be um, revolutionized like this. Um, is what you're doing going to put a lot of people out of work, or do you think it will create new jobs if we move fast enough on all of this?
2: I don't think it'll put anybody out of our work. All we're doing is we're layering AI on top of the existing systems that are out there in the electrical grid. We're making the electrical grid smarter. We're not taking away, yes, I guess, in a certain extent, what, what they call advanced metering structure, infrastructure. They call them smart meters. Yep. Got rid of some meter readers. Um, but we're really not. That's already been done Uh, We're not really um, displacing people. Now, I think autonomous cars may, you know, taxi drivers may not be around for a while. Um, But in my opinion, humans are amazingly um, adaptable. Uh, We're not only building adaptable AI systems and electrical grid, but humans are adaptable. We survived for a couple million years now, and we have adapted to environments, and it will adapt to this too. Well, I, I, I have a lot I, of faith in the world. <laughs> in <humans.
1: laughs> no, I know I do too. Now, tell us where we can um, we can find out more about um, about what you're doing. Um, introspective systems. You have a website where we can um, keep up on all that you're doing.
2: You can you can you can check out our website. There's also we were just. Um, Uh, Smart Electric Power Alliance just talked about our uh, what's called – this is called transactive energy. And basically, we're using market-based systems to control electrical grid, supply and demand. Um, So Smart Electric Power Alliance did a review of transactive energy uh, pilot programs, and we were mentioned in that. Um, The Department of Energy has some really, really great information. If you look up the Grid Modernization Initiative – Um, And a lot of the base research was done up to 10 years ago with the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. So there's a whole pile of, if you look up Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, transactive energy, you'll see a lot of um, really, really great resources there about the frontiers of electrical grid. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, so exciting! And then again, tell us um, you're speaking at the Women's Engineer um, Engineering Conference, which we were just talking about, um, and that's happening when and where?
2: It's happening the 23rd and 24th of May in Austin, Texas. Make sure and there'll be, I
1: mean, right. and, and 23rd, there'll be And there'll be And there'll be tons of of women engineers um, from all various categories of of uh science and engineering presenting what they're up to.
2: That's right. 32 absolutely amazing women that I am in awe that I'm one of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to be um in awe of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and just as as something that we can all pay attention to, do you think there'll be any sort of um, major consumer announcement where we're all really aware of what's happening with the electrical grid, like anything coming up that we should be paying attention to?
2: Um, well, uh, you know, sometime in early 2019, we hope to um, – have, have you know, four or five microgrids out there and get results back from our pilot programs and be able to sell directly to consumers on how they can manage their energy systems um, inside their house. And so we have prototype products right now um, that uh, we'll be releasing in, I said, 2019, 2020. This is 2019. Yeah, um, going fast. Early <laughs> next year. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So and, uh, yeah, and you mentioned that. Now.
1: And mm, you you, you oh sorry. And you mentioned that in California, new homes um, are going to need to have um, solar solar um, power um,
2: solutions um, as uh, so that they power the grid as well, moving forward. That's true. And also in 2020, uh, in California, there is mandatory time of use. So um, wow. time of use is. Um, Power is charged based upon when in the hour of the day it's being used. So uh, I don't know what the rate charges are actually going to be right now, but power might be $0.05 overnight. And at uh, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., it might be $0.28. And at 3, it might be $0.04. Wow. Wow. So there's going to be a, I, I very, large, a very large um, variable uh, pricing structure for the state of, of uh, California. And that is designed to be able to manage this renewable energy. They're going to incentivize consumers. Consumers are going to be in charge here. The That's goal great. is for consumers to be in charge. You can decide when you use power. And what we're doing is we're providing control technology to help you do that. Well, what a
1: great um, note to end this conversation on, a hopeful and exciting um, for consumers in general who always feel they're sort of at the mercy um, of the electrical company instead of uh, being able to make decisions. So that's really exciting. So we've been talking to Kay Aiken, CEO of Introspective Systems, um, educating us on how we're going to be using um, autonomous artificial intelligence in reimagining the electrical grid and all the cool things that are happening, and also an advocate and powerful um, woman engineer who's helping to spread the joyous word about engineering for women. Um, so get your uh, get your daughters into programs where they can dive in. Right, right, Kay. That's right, totally. <laughs> and. And hopefully we'll get to talk to someone just as fabulous next week on the Tech Cat Show, um, where we'll be bringing you some more tech trends and talking to really interesting people. Kay, it's been so interesting and so exciting to hear all the great things that you're doing to sort of advance humanity,
2: really. That's the goal. We uh, we like to say, my my co-founder and I like to say, we try to solve the world's toughest problems.
1: Oh, I love it. All right. Well, you heard it here on the Tech Cat Show, solving the world's toughest problems. Thanks, everybody. And we'll be back next week.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel.